Welcome to Own Your Intuition Conversations with Kelly Rich. I am so thankful that you are here today and that you are available to listen and to hang out with me wherever you are, whether you're walking or you're lying down or you're sitting at home or with a friend. I'm just so thankful to to have your presence. This is the first episode of Many Coming Your Way, and I thought that it would be appropriate to start by answering one of my most frequently asked questions, which is, how did you get where you are now? How did you start your business? What was your journey to becoming an intuitive psychic medium, to creating bug light yoga, to wanting to start a podcast? Um, And here we are. So instead of writing a script, and reading it to you, I really wanted this to come from my heart and to just kind of see what what comes out. I haven't really, I don't know when I've ever really sat down and reflected in the way that I have this morning, last night, um, on this, on these questions. I really think back to the very beginning when I grew up on Mundry Hill in Portland, Maine, my mother was 18 and my father was 16 when I came into this world and I am 30 years old now as this is as I'm recording this and to think about where I was at 16 and 18 I was a child I was clearly in a very different place than I am today and I can't imagine having having a child and Growing up, I had everything I needed, um, although we struggled a little bit, but I had everything, everything I needed. I had food, I had clothing, I had a roof over my head, I had lots of love. My grandparents took care of me um, while my mom went to school and did what she needed to do. Um, I feel very fortunate to have grown up in the family that I did and I truly feel like I wouldn't be where I am today without them. And as I grew older, um, the first really, I would say, traumatic event that happened was the death of my father. And although um, I wasn't super close with him and only have a few really clear memories of his presence, um, his death was earth-shattering. at the time, I I didn't comprehend and I didn't process what had happened, and it wasn't until you know time as time went by, I had questions and I had existential crises. I had um, sorrow come up and sadness and confusion, um, anger. I wanted revenge. All of those feelings were were very real. They um, they definitely took over for for quite some time, and his death was still, when I think about it, um, hard hard to wrap my mind around. He was shot in the head um, with two other men, and. As I got when I got older, I started to look up news articles and um, started to research a little bit more about what had happened because I felt like people weren't being completely honest, honest with me. And I just, you know, being a teenager, I wanted I wanted to know more. And he died right before my eighth birthday, so I was pretty young. 
and come to find out you know there was lots of drama involved and the man who murdered him he didn't spend one day in jail and there was a very it was a huge controversy it the whole story ended up on television on A&E they created an episode about it the first time I saw it I was sitting in my high school health class I was doodling or drawing and I remember one of my best friends Hillary kind of tapped me and was like Kelly do you know what this is and I I didn't I had no idea I I hadn't seen it my mom wanted me to watch it with her for the first time and I, I didn't want to it felt weird to do that for some reason I just felt awkward so I chose not to watch it and fast forward a few years later health class in high school uh, decided it would be a good idea to show it without asking uh, or doing any research if anybody knew of these of these three men so that that shook my world and why I've chosen to start uh, answering the question of you know how did I get where I am now is because I really feel like this experience created adversity in my life it created uh, lots of inquiry and curiosity and it really was a dark night of the soul uh, experience for me and I sometimes still still get into dark places when I think about um, losing my father in the way that I did But what's different from now and then is that I don't allow that experience to keep me in the darkness as long as it used to. I used to be stuck in the darkness. Now the darkness may last a couple seconds or uh, really feels like a memory rather than engulfing me altogether. And as I moved through high school, I had questions and when I went through college, I had more questions and I realized, wow, I'm I'm really not taking care of myself. I'm I'm numbing a lot of my feelings through cigarettes and alcohol and prescription medications like Adderall. I smoked marijuana every day, all day for a few for a few years at least. And I had an experience, I think I was probably around I was definitely early twenties. It was probably about eight years ago, where I started having panic attacks. I uh, was seeing shamans and rolfers and acupuncturists and therapists and I feel like the rolfing is really where it started because at the time I was still smoking and I was still prescribed Adderall and I was drinking you know pretty heavily when I was drinking and the rolfing I feel opened me up in ways that I had never been opened up before um if for those of you who don't know what rolfing is, rolfing is extreme manipulation to the body. At least that's how I describe it. I remember um, the man, the rolfer, like driving his elbow into my armpit and my hips, and really, I mean, it was painful. Um, and I feel, in my opinion, metaphysically speaking, our physical bodies are really a reflection of everything, our emotions, our experiences, our feelings, things we that we stuff in or hide. It's a culmination of everything. Our physical body holds everything. And we, any unprocessed, undigested emotions or experiences get lodged in the body. And again, this is my opinion, rolfing helped to process that undigested matter. And it felt like the floodgates opened completely. 
I started to feel things I hadn't felt in a long time and lo and behold there was the death of my father kind of looming over and all that anger and all that sadness uh, really came flooding in and I started having panic attacks which is actually what propelled me to go see a shaman and I started working with intuitives and psychics myself and that was really the beginning of the beginning, if you will, of all this quote unquote work that I do. Um, some would say argue that, you know, on my birthday was the beginning. And yeah, of course. However, I really feel like the turning point was was rolfing. And I met the rolfer in a very interesting way. I was an undergrad. I had floated between living in Boston and then moved to Virginia and then I moved back to Maine to finish undergrad and I wanted to become a doctor so I was really plucking away at that and um, I started an apprenticeship at an acupuncture clinic, one of the first community clinics here in Maine, in Portland, Maine and the rofer, I'll never forget, he came downstairs and introduced himself. He was so kind and, and so lovely and offered me a 10 series and a 10 series is 10 sessions of rolfing it's a full series uh it works through the whole entire body and at a very discounted rate which um I wouldn't have been able to do without at the time and so I had no idea what rolfing was and I just decided to do it and those types of experiences started to happen where I was being presented an opportunity and I had a choice because we all have free will are you going to take it or are you are you going to leave it Kelly that that from looking back now that happened many times I mean I worked uh with a woman who's a medical intuitive and physical therapist uh we used to call it an apprenticeship together for a full year I would see her in heavily discounted rates um, people were, it felt like people were coming out of the woodwork to support me and to guide me on this path. And I feel like some of them didn't even really know why they just, they were guided and they were tuned into the divine to spirit, to God, whatever your language is. And they listened and I hold so many teachers near and dear to my heart as I help others and open the metaphysical door f- to healing and for people to find their center and to gain clarity. And for that, I feel so grateful. Um, the steps that I really took to start my business, some other things uh, I went to after. So, okay, a really big part of how I started my business and how I'm here today on this podcast and using my voice was in undergrad. After I graduated undergraduate school, I graduated from USM with a bachelor's in science and health and uh, health science and holistic health. And I took, I think I took like a year off and I, a semester off, I went and studied at Kripalu. I lived there for a month, which is the largest yoga retreat center in North America and never been there before. My grandfather drove me, dropped me off. I'll never forget that. I was so freaking scared. By the way, um, there will be some swearing on this podcast, so I, I can already feel it. So if you have any children around, um, not that I'm about to like drop a bunch of F-bombs because I, I just don't see that happening. However, if it does, um, just be aware, especially if you have littles around or somebody that you don't want to hear that type of language. Okay, I'm going to go back to wherever I was. Undergrad, um, wanted to be a doctor and after undergrad went back to school for a few years and started taking more sciences, the prerequisites for medical school, like physics and organic chem and different biology classes and yada, yada, yada. It was about, I don't know, a month before I was moving and I decided to take 
a different direction. And I started to get more curious about Ayurveda, was accepted to the Ayurveda school through Kripalu. So going back there and stay there for a year. And in between that and in between the yoga, because those were two huge catalysts, yoga and Ayurveda, for me to really discover the fabric of who I am on a deeper level, I did a program called Quarter Life Calling, Living an Extraordinary Life in Your 20s with Kobe Koslowski, one of my favorite teachers thus far in this lifetime, Kobe Koslowski. I reference her often, so if those of you have studied with me before, um, you've likely heard me talk about her. She is a force. She really inspired me to make real change in my life, and that program shook me. Um, it was five days of you never got a syllabus. You never knew what you were going to do. It was pretty intensive. You knew when you had to be there, but you didn't know what you were going to be doing, and I laughed, I cried, I wept, I, it was just so many extremes, emotions, just like riding the wave of being so happy and so connected and then being thrown (laughs) into the depths of my being, into my own darkness um, in five days and there was an experience there that I will likely carry with me forever for the rest of my life. I'll never forget it. She was playing the song Coffee by Sylvan Esso, one of my absolute favorite songs ever. And we were waiting to start the day. It was probably halfway through the program or so. And I was sitting on my little cushion in the circle in the front row. And I started to sway and move my body to the music. And I'll never forget this. She looked at me and said, Kelly, something like this. This is what I heard. Kelly, you would you like to lead us all into our morning movement piece and my first initial feeling was hell and no I do not want to do that I had to wear a microphone there was like 55 people in the room including her and her assistants and that scared the shit out of me I was really in the process of finding my voice and for a long time I didn't have one I grew up with many messages of you're too sensitive, your voice doesn't matter, just over and over again. So my belief system was my voice didn't matter and nobody gave a shit about what I had to say. So I did a really good job at proving people right and I am still working on using my voice in a clear and compassionate and concise way to inspire change. However, that moment, I believe, shifted the course of my life because we'll call him, you know, there's one of my greatest teachers there. There was this guy who raised his hand quickly when I said no and and offered to take my spot. I'll do it. I'll do it. And immediately in that moment, I knew if you don't do this right now, Kelly, you're setting up your life to be second best or third best or not even on anyone's radar ever. You'll never amount to anything if you don't show up for this moment right now and use your voice in a playful way. Because if you can't play, what can you do? I really feel like playing and being silly and also being grounded and rooted and connected at the same time is where magic lives. I really, truly believe that. So 
I did it. I grabbed the microphone. I put it on my head, the headset. I think she played a different Sylvan Esso song, or it was the same one. It's all a blur, really. I think I blacked out, to be honest. (laughs) Except when I was guiding people into the movement piece, I remember looking around and the joy and... I felt alive. I felt so deeply alive in that moment. I felt like I could breathe again. Like instead of trying to breathe, I just did. I just existed. Instead of trying to exist, there I was. And after the song was over, Kobe came over. I remember she was on my right side, wrapped her left arm around my shoulders and looked out into the crowd and said, now what is the gift that Kelly brings by showing up to her authentic voice, to her authentic self? And it still, excuse me, brings tears to my eyes. From that moment, I remember listening to what people had to say and... I had no idea that I had the power to to facilitate such feelings, to facilitate such experiences. And it was truly profound. What's even more profound is you fast forward six months later and... I showed up to my first, I had an idea to teach outdoor yoga the previous year in 2013 and I called the city and they misunderstood my question and they just wrote me off and were like, you can't teach outside. You got to do all these hoops and things and we got to put you in our program, blah, blah. So I just took no as an answer. And then a year went by, I did QLC, quarter life calling. And as summer approached, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I can teach an outdoor class, donation based yoga class. Like, We're not building bombs like we're doing yoga we're breathing we are gathering in sacred community this can happen i know this can happen so i called the city and long story short it happened my first class all i did okay all i did was post on facebook that's all i did i created an event i didn't do any ads i didn't pay for any advertisement i don't even know if i had instagram at the time and if i did i posted pictures of like puppies and tea or something and um, I made the Facebook event and 55 people showed up. The same amount of people that were in that room six months prior when I decided to use my voice. When I decided to choose courage over comfort. The same amount of people showed up in that park, Pug Light, in South Portland, Maine, a mile from my house. I knew there was a shift happening. I knew that my courage was showing me the benefits. I was now being able to see my work reflected back at me. And that day was the beginning of now I've completed four seasons at Bug Light Yoga. And I started with one class and then one class a week and then two classes and then three classes and sometimes four and five, depending on full moons or solstices or eclipse, I would do extra classes a week. And thousands and thousands of people have graced my presence out there in the park and have practiced with me all because I decided to show up. And now that's my belief. You can take it as it is, take it all with a grain of salt. However, I truly to this day 
know in my bones, in the fabric of my soul, that if I didn't show up that day at Quarter Life Calling and flex that muscle of using my voice, I likely would have crumbled when I saw that many people standing, sitting in front of me, waiting for me to speak. And then immediately after that day, I called my grandfather. I asked him to help me go find the right kind of auditory equipment, even though he had no idea himself. But I knew that he would jump at the uh, the opportunity to help me because that's just who he is as a human. And we found a microphone. We went to Guitar Center and I invested, you know, I think it was like a thousand dollars at the time in equipment all because of one glass and I remember my mentor at the time she she praised me and I was like why are you praising me this is weird for taking the leap and at the time I couldn't see because it I just felt guided it was like there was no other option than to go out and invest in this business I would never have called it that at the time but in this thing that was fun oh my gosh I get to be outside on the ocean in an absolute pristine location and hang out with people that actually want to hang out with me and teach them yoga and how to breathe and talk about things that matter. Damn. Yeah. Sign me up. This thousand dollars that I, I don't even think I had. I think I put it on a credit card at the time or I don't remember how I paid for it, but I took the plunge. Do you ever have that, those moments in your life where it's like there was no other option? Like you knew you just had to do it. Like you, there, there was, there was no other way. That's how it was for me. And that was a really big part of of me developing my voice through Bug Light. I over the years, I that's really when I, you know, I came to this realization that perhaps I wanted to be a doctor just because I thought that people would listen to me. If I had that that piece of paper, if I had that degree, if I if I had that thing, then I would be important enough for people to listen to what I had to say. Bug light taught me that wasn't that wasn't the truth. And I decided to study Ayurveda. And when I started studying Ayurveda, we towards the probably about the middle of the program, we needed to do clinicals. And the clinical portion of Ayurveda, um, we had to sit with clients and do the whole consultation. And they were all free. It was really to get practice. And what I started to notice was I was getting other information. I was getting other information than just like, what are you eating for breakfast? (laughs) Like, that matters. Cool. Of course it does. However, I was getting other information, like that had nothing to do with food and diet and lifestyle. And I was really confused and a little scared. And One of my friends asked me to do a tarot party at the time, you know, I was doing my own little thing with cards and playing with the playing with different decks, but I'd never charged anybody for a reading. I would bring them to wine parties and makeup parties and things with my friends and ask them if they wanted a reading and it it lit me up like I was I was fueled by doing that work, but I, I didn't take that as a message just yet. And then I had a friend say, Kelly, you know, would you like to come over? It's it's girl's birthday. And will you do will you do readings on all of us? And my first initial feeling again, same thing at QLC was no. Like, why would I do that? That's not that's dumb. 
nobody's gonna listen to me I'm gonna be wrong no one's gonna care like all those same things it's like old friggin story it's just like now I'm bored by those those thoughts when I have them or those feelings it's like now I've flexed the muscle so much where I'm conscious of those feelings and those thoughts that I change them like no I'm a badass like I know I'm a badass I know my voice matters I know I have a good person I know I have a good heart like why wouldn't these people want to listen to me or learn from me and if they don't that's okay I love you I'm gonna bless them and I hope that they find somebody that resonates with them but I don't have time for these thoughts anymore of like not being good enough and you need to be quiet you need to sit down and you need to shut up and you need to wear this and you oh my god if you have any of that running your life any of that dialogue those beliefs please for the love of the divine reach out ask for help whether it's from me someone else you resonate with your therapist a friend your like whoever you need to go to to get help to change that dialogue please i literally i pray that you do i pray that you do so Anyway, decided to do the tarot reading and that was that. I started doing readings first through email because I was hiding. I felt like I could hide behind the screen and not completely claim like, hello, I'm an intuitive. Um, And now I have my own office in Woodford's Corner in Portland, Maine. I see clients full time, one on one for intuitive readings, um, intuitive mentorships, business mentorships, coaching, uh, some energy work and a few Ayurveda consultations is definitely not the bulk of my practice, but I do get a few here and there. Um, and, you know, I started seeing people in my house. And then I had a shared space with this woman in a small office in Falmouth. And then my practice grew so much that I opened my own office. So it's these like small little steps, these small little callings that inch us always, that direct us, that lead us into... The, you know, where we want to go. Our path is already there. I think where people get tripped up is how can I create this or how can I make my path this way? The path is already there. Your job is to walk it. The path is already there for you. You just need to walk it. And if you're unhappy where you are, walk differently. Ask for help. Turn a corner. Take a step back jump forward what do you need to do nobody can give you that answer you're the only one that can answer that question for you and i hope that you know my my story that i share with you is by no means all of it or or everything but it's things that that stick out that stuck out for me and on my path to get me where i am and having somebody having multiple people challenge me and call me forth call me out of my shit that is what helped to propel me forward the greatest healer doesn't heal you they open the door for you to do your own work truly i hope you every single one of you you right now listening to this understands what a true healer is and know that you have the ability to be a healer as you walk down the road as you greet the mailman, as you put your trash outside, as you change your baby's diaper, as you start that business, as you say goodbye to that relationship. You have the ability to heal while you do all of those things. Truly. 
So switching a little bit, I have had this question come up of, you know, who are you? What do you do? I was sitting, uh, having some dinner by myself at a bar recently near my home and there was this woman out of town and she started, you know, asking questions like people do about my work. And, you know, the question of like, what do you call yourself? What's your, what did she say? She said something like, what is your, she didn't say what's your niche. I know that's very, like that's a buzzword right now. What's your niche? You need to have a niche. Um, (laughs) It was along those lines. Like what, oh, what's your specialty? That's what she asked me. And I like in a way I've kind of froze and I'm sure I furrowed my brows and it's like my specialty. I do this and I do this and I do this. And it's true. Like I do so many things. I do readings and mentorships and consultations and energy work and retreats and trainings and workshops. And I teach restorative yoga. Like now I have a podcast and I have a blog. Like I love all the things that I do and the day that I don't love them, I'll stop them. But I'm not going to niche down. I'm not going to have a specialty just because you want me to or my marketing person wants me to. Like that's not following my soul's calling at this time. And I'm sure probably when I listen back to this, if I do, and maybe in a year, my answer is going to be different. So please just bear with me. What do I call myself? (sighs) And then, so side note, or big no. I have a, a coach, a mentor, who's also a psychic medium. I've looked up to her for years. And we had this conversation. She was channeling. And she gave me the message of, you're never going to figure it out, Kelly. There is no box for you to fit in. So you better get rid of that thought really quick or you're going to struggle forever trying to put yourself in a friggin' box. And that resonated so deeply because I really feel like I do everything. It's difficult to describe. I really meet you, your soul, where you're at. And I channel the information that you need at this time. Sometimes the information is delivered through sound or visions or really like a simple knowing that's within me. Sometimes I see or sense, visualize past life visions, roadblocks, on your path, maybe some soul contracts that you have with others, things, places, or relationships that have distracted you from your soul's callings. And oftentimes I'm given information about your physical health, health of a loved one, messages from past loved ones. There's no box for that. So I just like wrap it up. Like I'm an intuitive psychic medium. (laughs) Say it really quick. I'm an intuitive psychic medium. And A year ago, if I said that out loud, my skin probably would have crawled. It's, it has not been easy to call myself these things, to use these as descriptive words to my work. Mostly because many years of my life, I was a chronic people pleaser. I'm sure some of you can resonate with that. And to claim that I do the things that I just told you that I do and tell you there's no box for me, some people are going to be triggered by that. And they're going to have their own, some of you right now, you're probably skeptical about the information that I share with you. Everybody that sits with me at least one-on-one and I mean really in a group or one-on-one setting, everybody has a little bit of skeptic that comes forth. Every single person. It's not my job to talk to your skeptic. It's my job, my job to hold compassion for your skeptic and be me anyway. 
Uh, right, that's that's some stuff. If we all did that, if we all could hold compassion for those that don't understand us, that don't get us, that wish we looked different or talked different or did different things, man, I don't even want to go there, right? It's like, it's, ugh, it's icky. Bless them. Hold compassion. Don't let them rule your life. There's no one word that can put me in my place and define me the way that I want to be defined. I really feel that working with my own mentor, my own coach, I've worked with a couple, people that I look up to, people that live lives that I want to live similarly. Recently, my most recent uh, coach really like a personal and business mentor coach which is what I do for others but I have my own that I work with we discussed how I'm light right and on the planet right now there are teachers there are healers and then there are light bringers and if you're light if you if that's who you are on a soul level then you are a teacher a healer and a leader and this is the vibration that I that I hold And I know many of you listening right now hold this vibration as well. And if you're still listening to this podcast, chances are probably much higher that you are this light bearer, bringer as well, a leader, a healer, and a teacher. I am light, and perhaps you are light. And that light penetrates all that is. Right? I, we are going to do it all without trying hard because... It's what I, it's what we have been sent here to do. It's a part of us. We don't have to try to do it. Yeah, we're going to need to get up and pay the bills. Yeah, we're going to need to take that shower. Yeah, we're going to need to be on this earth plane and do those quote unquote boring things. But when we do our work and when we bring the light and when we heal and when we teach, when we lead, it's effortless when we're in alignment. It's effortless because it is us. The light penetrates all that I do because it's who I am. And the light penetrates all that you do because it's who you are. That has taken me and honestly still takes me some work to accept. Because I have my days and I'm still human. I'm in this physical body with these limitations and gremlins in my mind. It's work. Just because I talk about this, these things and these type of stuff doesn't mean that I don't have my own work. Please, like if you have me on any kind of pedestal or think I have it all figured out, please take me off of that immediately and visualize or take this moment to really see me energetically or physically standing next to you, eye to eye. And when we're in the light, when we're aware of the light, when you're aware of your own light, you assist others to have a vibrational shift themselves. You start to shift the consciousness and the vibration of the planet. It's important for you at this time to really listen and and be who you are. To show up and hold space for the magnificent being that you are. Damn. Imagine if every person on the planet did that. Yeah. (sighs) And... Really, as we kind of gear down on this episode, I 
want to share with you one last thing. And oftentimes people ask me, you know, who I want to work with or who my ideal client is. And well, um, I really want to work with and help people who help people. Yeah. I want to help people who want to heal and transform. I want to help people who want to grow. I want to help people looking to deepen their connection to their own intuition. Girlfriend, it's time to own your intuition. It's 2020. It's time. Nobody's going to come and hang you or drown you or execute you for owning your gifts, especially your intuition. People may be triggered. People may try to shut you up, but it's not going to kill you. Oftentimes in my work, I see past life visions and many people that I work with, I've had visions of them being executed or punished for using their gifts. You could go back in time, historically speaking, to the Salem witch trials, right? Many of the quote unquote witches were people using herbs to heal. People using herbs to heal were executed, okay? I believe that we are souls living in a physical body, right? Having a human experience. We are souls first. We are not the physical body first. The physical body is the vessel, as the a vessel, the home for the spirit, for the soul. Our soul has lived many lifetimes, again, in my belief. If we have lived many lifetimes, we carry our gifts. We carry those soul gifts with us lifetime to lifetime. And that also means that we may carry trauma or unprocessed emotion, unprocessed experiences in our lifetimes as we move forward. So if you were burned alive or executed for using your voice or for using any of your gifts, chances are in this lifetime, you may be hiding back for fear below your conscious awareness, for fear of showing up because of what happened to you. It's real from my perspective and from my work. And I know that I have been one of those people in many lifetimes. So it's time. It's time to realize that no one's coming for you. No one is going to execute you for owning your intuition. The time is now. I want to help you find your center, your unique place of alignment and bring you clarity. And I hope that clarity lights up your path in this lifetime. The clarity doesn't create it. I'm not creating it for you. I simply turn on a couple lights for you. However, you have to open your eyes and see. Act, trust. And with this work comes boundaries. Right? To be in alignment, you have to have clear boundaries, personally and professionally. And a lot of the work that I do, one-on-one especially, is establishing or refining boundaries. Ah. <sighs> I'm so grateful that you're here with me and you've completed this episode. Jeez, this is, I already know this is, this is one of my favorite things. This is one of my favorite ways to share my voice. And again, I bow to you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you 
think anybody else will enjoy this episode please 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 share it with your friends your family anyone you think would benefit you can follow me or tag me on instagram or facebook at kelly rich intuitive all one word thank you for tuning in and i'll catch you next time on the next episode of own your intuition conversations with kelly rich